0: Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean, casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds. Hello
1: and welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, and your best friend. Got a big show for you today, a lot of fun coming up. Uh, but I think it's, it's important before we begin that we address we address the, uh, the craziness going on in our country right now. There are riots, there are protests, uh, and I want to make sure that the fish nerds come out of this, where uh, you come out of it as a fish nerd, knowing where we stand on all of this uh, world falling apart around us with COVID-19 and the race riots and all this stuff, uh, we are in full mode of supporting everybody. Uh, We are all in on Black Lives Matter. We want to make sure that everybody gets fair treatment. And right now, it seems like that is the population that needs the most support. So let's show them that love. Fish Nerds welcomes everybody. And we want to make sure that everyone gets supported. So we are all in. But we are still going to keep moving forward and making our show because people rely on us and you know we're going to keep going. We we never support racism of any kind, uh, even if it's fish on fish racism. I don't, I don't know if that's even a thing. I tried to find that out and I could not figure it out. But anyway, that's where we're at with it. I'm not going to get in too much on it because it's a lot. It's just too heavy for this show. But every a lot of other shows are not putting out shows this week, and I thought we're going to put one out anyway, just because it's what we do. We we do the next thing and <laughs> we have to. Today on this show we've got. Tim Beat, he's back with another of his of his essays. Tim Beat is our newest correspondent, and we're just really liking working with him an awful lot. We also have Fish in the News. Dave Kellum is back as a news guy, and we're going to do some Fish in the News. And we got some really interesting news about plant-based tuna. So can't wait to hear that one. And we also wanted to give you kind of insight into what's happening. Every other other Thursday night, we do a Fish Nerds Happy Hour or a Fish Nerds Game Night. And, of course, you're invited to come to it. And so we've given – we have a little mix down of one of our most recent game nights so you can hear – not game nights – of our happy hours so you can hear what we do during that time. But first, I want to start today's show off by talking about a company, a fishing company, Uh, that I've always said the name wrong, and it is the company is called called Rapala. I always called it Rapala. But Rapala is the world's largest manufacturing company of fishing lures and other fishing-related products. It was founded in Finland in 1930 by Lori Rapala. Uh, Their most popular product is a balsa wood minnow imitation lure called the Original Floater. Rapala sells over 20 million lures each year in 140 different countries and 242 all-time world record fish were set on Rapala lures, 15 new records in 2005, and it is also the only fishing lure manufacturer that mass-produces balsa wood lures. So, why am I talking about this company? Uh, I don't actually care about their lures that much. They're fine lures. I catch a lot of fish on them. Uh, I never cared about them as a company, except for their name was hard to say, and I like I appreciate the challenge. Uh, but the reason I'm talking about them is because back in the day when I was a kid, I knew them for their fishing knife. Do you remember that Rapala fishing knife when you had one as a kid? You'll get remember this. Remember that balsa wood handle, long metal bit blade, leather sheath with the X's going across the front of it. Those are the JJ Martini Finland fish fillet knives with leather sheaths. Uh, Anyway, John King, the crappie hippie, came and visited us last summer or fall. I can't recall. And he dropped off two of these knives for my daughter's as gifts. Now, something funny about an old man giving little girls knives as presents, but we're not going to talk too much about that. But John, you know, that's weird. (laughs) So moving on. But my kids now have two very, very sharp fillet knives. And they've filleted plenty of fish with these knives since John gave them to them, and they work great. Now, this past Monday, and I'm not, this is my real world, like this really happens to me. This past Monday, I was hanging out with my wife in my driveway, uh, and I get a phone call. And it's a guy named Alex, who is a fish and game officer for New Hampshire. And he goes, hey, Clay. And I go, hi, Alex. And he says, uh, hey, listen, uh, I got a deer for you. And I, I forgot that I had mentioned to him over the winter that I'm looking for a deer to eat, but I don't hunt. So I'm looking for roadkill. And I went, you have it what? For what? He goes, I have a deer for you. And I said, oh, um, where is it? He goes, John Fuller School, which is the school just about six miles from my house. And I'm like, oh, Christ, now I have a deer that I've got to figure out what, to do, what the hell to do with. I'm like, all right, well, I'll get in my truck and I'll come on up and get it. And, and uh, he goes, nope, I'm already on the way to your house. So I tell my wife, and she is dismayed. My kids are like, yeah, no, Dad. And they all went for a car ride. While they're gone, like as they're heading down the driveway, Fishing Game drives up my driveway. And sure enough, there's a young buck dead in the back of this pickup truck. So I asked uh, Alex what happened to it. And he goes, well, it got hit by a car in front of the John Fuller school. And it wandered out in the field and collapsed. And it was still alive when the officer got to it. And it just kind of died there. So I get it. And I'm like, well, great. And I look at it. And it looks like a little head injury. So the meat's all in good shape. So I say, great. Just drop it on the ground here. I'll deal with it later. So he drops it off. And then here I am. I've never, I've never seen a dead deer in real life before. I've never hunted before. I've never killed and eaten a mammal before. I've never cut meat off a mammal before, and I had no idea what to do. So I'm scrambling. I know that time is of the essence. I have to do something with this deer. So I run in the house, and the only sharp knives I have are these J. J. Martini Finland fish fillet knives from from Rapala. And I'm like, all right, well, it's all I got. <laughs> so I'm going to go do it. So I grab the knife, and I run out to where the deer is, and I drag him down in the woods, and using that one vintage fillet knife, I was able to gut this deer. And it was awful. It was, I, I can't imagine ever being a serial killer because killing, like killing, gutting a dead deer was hard enough. It, the, the heart was as big as my head. I didn't know the hearts got that big. It was huge. But anyway, I gutted him. I, got, I was covered in blood, like all over me. And I did it all with this fillet knife. And I even split the ribs with this one knife, right right up the rib cage. Anyone who's ever gutted a deer knows what I'm talking about. I barely know what I'm talking about, just for the record. <laughs> so we gutted a deer, got the garden hose out. I hosed him out. And then I had to hang him from a tree by his ankles. So I, I grabbed the deer and I lash him to a winch. And I use a winch over a branch and I'm able to get him up a tree hanging up, and just blood. It's that they bleed. There's, even after I gutted, they just bleed and bleed, and there's so much blood. I guess didn't know what to do. Bleeding everywhere, but the head's only a foot off the ground. I didn't have it high enough in the tree, and I have a lot of bear, bears on my property. So hung him up there, didn't like it, took him down, found another tree about 10 feet away, put him up in that tree, and got his head about seven feet off the ground, and I went to bed. And around midnight, I woke up going, oh, smoke's my, my, my deer is going to be gone. So I, in the middle of the night, I ran down to the deer. I cut it down from the tree, dragged it to my shed, and hung it in the shed for the rest of the night. In the morning, I called I called my friend David, who's a librarian, so you know he's going to be good at gutting deers or filleting deers out, and said, hey, Dave, you want to help me uh, <laughs> cut up this deer? He's like, yeah, let's do it. and I get to his house. He uh, doesn't have a sharp knife. All I have with me is that same Rapala knife. So... I guess that's what we're going to be using. So we we were able to process an entire deer, start to finish. The only knife we used was a vintage Rapala hunting knife. Um, I did have a meat grinder, so I do have about 25 pounds of uh, ground meat in the freezer. I was able to get off the fillets and get off the back straps and everything else. I just cut in chunks and ground up uh, with the exception of the, the, uh, I don't know the names of the parts. But the big piece of meat on the, on the butt, uh, I was I had a friend of mine make jerky out of that for me. So I'll have some jerky. So anyway, the whole thing got done. Knife is still plenty sharp. I could still do, do another deer if I chose to, I bet. And so I'm like, wow, this knife is something. It must really have some value on, on eBay. So here I am on eBay. You wouldn't even believe how much these sell for. These knives in mint condition sell for nines of dollars, <laughs> almost worthless. Uh, or priceless, I guess. So I've got two of them. I'm going to keep them. I thank the crappie hippie for giving them to me. And I thank uh, Rapala for these knives. I, When I was a kid, I actually had these exact knives too. Um, plenty of poorly gutted fish in my life with these, but they are sharp. They do hold up and they can cut out, cut up a deer. So, which by the way, delicious to eat, I am so glad I'm not a hunter. I can't imagine why people think that's fun. Because <laughs> it's awful. Eating the food's fun. I can imagine shooting them being fun. But that in between of just dragging a dead animal around and worrying about it, not fun. All right, coming up on the show, why don't we jump right in with Tim Beat and his essay? Here's Tim.
2: Social distancing is a familiar concept when it comes to fishing. Fishing is often a sport of isolation, in which etiquette says you shouldn't even fish the same pool as another angler, let alone fish within six feet of it. Heck, I don't even tell other people when I'm thinking about going fishing, because I'm afraid they'll find one of my secret spots. While social distancing comes naturally to most anglers, there were two experiences from my youth that drove me towards fishing alone. The first was a fishing derby, and the second was watching the movie Alien. When I was growing up, each spring there was a kids' fishing derby at a local river. The area had a dam and was a public swimming hole in the summer, but stocked with trout in the spring for the annual event. Hundreds of kids attended, and there were prizes for the first person to catch their limit and the person who caught the biggest fish. It would have made more sense to give a prize to any kid who could fish for five minutes without snagging some other kid's line. It shouldn't have even been called a fishing derby. It should have been called an untangling derby. You see, a starting pistol was fired to begin the derby, and when that gun went off, every kid cast his or her line at the exact same time. The river wasn't all that wide, and if your bait hit the water, it was a miracle. Most casts connected with a line coming across from the opposite side of the river. Two seconds after the gun went off, there was a web of tangled lines stretching from bank to bank that would have made the most talented arachnid envious. The river looked as if Spider-Man had consumed a huge quantity of coke and mentos and exploded in the middle of it. When kids on opposite sides of the river snagged lines, there was always the debate about who would let their line out— and who would reel in and attempt to untangle the mess. This often resulted in shouting matches across the river, during which both kids tightened down the drags on their Zebco reels and pulled as hard as they could. You could always tell the stronger kids at the derby because they weren't soaking wet. It was only years later when my interest in etymology began that I discovered the word derby is from the Old English for impossible not. That explained a lot. But after a few years of fishing derbies, I had a great appreciation for social distancing while fishing. Which brings me to the movie Alien. Alien came out when I was 17. On the surface, watching a movie, even one as scary as Alien, shouldn't impact your willingness to fish with other people. But it did for me. It wasn't just the movie Alien. It was the movie combined with a fishing adventure with my Uncle Larry. When I was a teenager, Larry and I fished together at least once a week. Some people are fishing fanatics. Larry made your average fishing fanatic look apathetic towards the sport. No matter what body of water he saw, Larry would always ask, Do you think there are fish in there? I often had to remind him that he was looking at a mud puddle in the road, to which Larry would respond, I know it's a mud puddle, but do you think there are fish in there? One day Larry called me to say he'd found a great new fishing spot that didn't get heavy pressure. I doubt anyone ever fishes it, he confidently told me. That should have been a warning to me, but I missed it and said, okay, let's go on Saturday. Larry and I usually fish from a canoe, and this was no exception. We found a canoe gave us easier access to remote fishing spots. The other reason we fished from a canoe was my aunt, Larry's wife. Larry could easily hide newly purchased fishing tackle from my aunt, but hiding a boat from her would have been much more difficult. After picking me up on Saturday, we drove for what seemed like an eternity through backcountry roads until Larry stopped the car with no water in sight. Why do we stop, I asked. We're here, Larry said with a smile. A smile, now that I think about it, that was a lot like the one Heath Ledger had as the Joker. Where's the water, I asked, confused. There was nothing around us but brush and forest. Very dark brush and forest. We have to carry the canoe through a few bushes to get there, Larry said. By a few bushes, Larry meant we would carry the canoe on an excursion that would have impressed Lewis and Clark. There was no path, and the brush was so thick it was impossible to see even a few feet ahead. After an hour getting pummeled with branches and thorns, we poked our heads through the last vestige of brush and saw that we'd been transported from western Massachusetts to what looked like a Louisiana swamp. The swamp was filled with tall, dead trees and decay combined with moss and plants I'd never seen before. How did you find this place, I said, a little alarmed. Topographic map, Larry replied, again displaying his Heath Ledger smile. I saw it on the map and thought, I wonder if there's fish in there. I rolled my eyes. What's this place called, I asked. Hell's Kitchen, Larry said proudly. He wasn't kidding. He showed me the map with a name on it. I know a name is just a name, but the name Hell's Kitchen does not conjure up the image of a pleasant day of fishing. What made it all the worse was the evening before, I'd watched the movie Alien. Most scary movies don't bother me, but I'm not partial to aliens who attach themselves to your face and impregnate your heart with their baby. Call me old-fashioned. Besides, Hell's Kitchen looked like just the place the alien from the movie would call home. And unlike the movie, our canoe did not have an airlock door for which I could expel an alien should one attack. The tagline for the movie was, In space, no one can hear you scream. I was sure no one could hear you scream in Hell's Kitchen either. It was difficult to paddle in the swamp because of all the debris. There was no clear path through it, so we just started casting to wherever there was a clear spot. As I worked my plastic worm through a sunken tree, I thought about the ending of the movie, when the last remaining person on the spaceship thinks she is alone, but an alien hand suddenly reaches out to her from a dark alcove. At the same moment this thought crossed my mind, an alien's giant claw pierced my back. My heart was racing as the adrenaline pumped through my veins. Fight or flight is a natural response to danger, especially when that danger is an alien with a second set of jaws popping out of its throat. I don't remember climbing the 20-foot dead tree next to our canoe to escape the alien, but I find myself perched on top of the tree looking down at Larry in the canoe. Oh, and I was wrong about nobody being able to hear you scream in Hell's Kitchen, Larry clearly heard me scream. Sorry about that, Larry said. Tried to set the hook too hard and hit you with my spinnerbait. Larry used spinnerbaits the size of wind turbines. It took me a long time to climb back down that tree, and as I did, I became convinced of the benefits of social distancing while fishing. Or at least social distancing from Larry and his spinnerbaits. So if you have to fish alone for a while because of social distancing and the COVID pandemic, do what I do. Close your eyes and think about fishing derbies, Larry and Hell's Kitchen. Those things always make me glad I'm on the water alone.
1: All right. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. We're happy to have you as part of this podcast and as a new correspondent. So welcome. And why don't we get right to the news? Here's the news.
3: News, news, fish in the news. Everybody loves their fish in the news.
1: All right, it's time for Fish in the News. <laughs> and, and we're so excited because Dave mm. Kellum is back again, our, our newest and oldest Fish Nerds News correspondent. Hi, Dave.
4: Oldest, thanks. <laughs> thanks a heap.
1: I meant, I meant elderest.
4: That, oh uh, that's much uh, better
1: you've been around longer than the rest of us i've been making the podcast so
4: yeah yeah very good fine yeah. how are that's you fine i'm fine i'm, I'm still alive that's yeah. good these days that's actually you know definitely something you want to put in your profile
1: i know every every day i wake up and go hey i did it i know <laughs> surprise Win. <laughs> winning hooray finally <laughs> put that on my notch at my bedpost one more day <laughs>
4: Oh, that's not what you're supposed to do with that bedpost. But anyway, what... I've been married uh,
1: a long time, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best I got.
4: What is... uh, How are you? How are you?
1: I am doing great. I was just out fishing, and uh, now I'm Hmm. done. Caught nothing. But bugs were out, and,
4: you know, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, it is nice. Welcome to spring. That's awesome. (laughs) I know. Man, It's bugs been crazy.
1: But, so we're here for some news, and we're each going to share a news story. So you want to go first?
4: I will go first. So All this right. news this story come went out today in Ooh. Forbes magazine.
1: Well, you know it's good.
4: You do know it's Fresh. good.
1: Fresh had a millionaire's name behind it. You know it's good.
4: <laughs> and the headline is plant-based fish is the new vegan trend. All right.
1: Wow, sounds delicious.
4: Yes, doesn't it? it though?
1: <laughs> I can't wait to the branding on this one.
4: Well, it's, I'm glad you said that because, Mm -hmm. you know, the story talks about sort of the, the thoughts behind this and it's, it's, it's Forbes, right? So Mm -hmm. it goes into the, oh, here are the corporations that are investing in it. So, um, Impossible Foods, are you Mm -hmm. familiar with that? Yeah. Is it the
1: Impossible Fish?
4: Uh, it's, I think they're working on the, they haven't, they haven't released it yet of Mm -hmm. what it's going to be, but what else is it going to be? It has to be. Yeah, it's like the possibly unrealistic fish. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, I've tried to catch the impossible fish before. <laughs> it's called a lake whitefish, as you know. <laughs>
4: I do know that, yes. <laughs> so, the, yeah, they may have to, I don't know if they're going to go impossible fish or not, but Impossible Foods is all in, apparently, mm-hmm. for the plant-based fish. Makes sense. Uh, there's a company called Good Catch, and it raised $32 million in financing.
1: For plant based fish
4: in January.
1: I just, you know, if I don't want to eat meat, maybe I just eat a salad. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's delicious. It's a fine option. You don't have to eat fish. Well, and isn't everything plant
4: based, really? Like, is there anything that's not eventually plant based?
1: (laughs) I guess if you trace it down, yeah, I guess it depends how you define plant.
4: I don't know. The other day, this is a true story. We bought, mm-hmm. I bought a box of crackers just because I had to because I looked. Plant at the box. based crackers. They were plant based crackers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is plant based a new gluten free? Is that the new thing now?
4: I don't know, but as opposed to like you know beef based plant, uh, mm-hmm. plant or the cracker. very
1: best kind of crackers.
4: <laughs> yeah, give <laughs> me a don't good you beef eat like
1: rawhide crackers. <laughs>
4: So anyway, yeah, the plant-based crackers were okay. I mean, they're they're crackers. That's what mm-hmm. they are. So anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, Nestle was in in big two. All right. Mm-hmm. So you get it, and you know Forbes goes into well, you know, ninety percent of the stocks of ocean fish are down, and all the reasons why plant-based is good. Another big reason is uh, shelf life. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about fresh plant fish, right? Yeah, you because know? You know, it's all going to be the same, um, but there was one company that already named their product. Okay, oh, I can't wait. I know. So it's Atlantic Natural Foods, mm-hmm. and they started offering Tuno, 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 and it's a fishless tuna alternative made from no, st- <laughs> yes, made from soy <laughs> yeast and sunflower extract. Tuno, Tuno. You know, I would eat that. Yeah, would you? Would you well, have a big?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would. I would mix it with mayonnaise, and mm-hmm. I a plant based mayonnaise. I was uh, gonna say, yeah, yeah, a vegan mayo, uh, and then I would put it on a plant based cracker.
4: <laughs> yes, and yeah. I would
1: totally eat it. <laughs> Sounds great, tuna. Tuna. Exactly. Uh, do you, when, when you so <laughs> now, when I make tuna fish, I do <laughs> add ingredients to it. So I might add chopped celery.
4: Yeah, plant good, salt, good, yeah, good. A
1: little salt, garlic. Yeah right garlic so if i was making a plant-based tuna uh-huh tuna for example
4: tuna, i
1: might add actual fish to it
4: <laughs> and sort of the yin yang kind of since you added vegetables i, I see, believe I in balance see, yeah. i see where you're coming at yeah, yeah coming at it yeah Tuno. that sounds good
1: does it come in a can
4: uh, i could only assume it's i i'm tube. not eating it <laughs> unless it comes in a little can well have you been buying those package packets of tuna my wife buys that, but I think
1: it's un-American.
4: <laughs> <Not> just <laughs> There's just something wrong with, you know, your kids sucking juice out of a bag and then you eating tuna out of a bag. It
1: doesn't feel right. Now, because I like, I have a, I have an old can opener and one of the joys in my daily life is <laughs> trying to make that can opener open a can. Like, I really enjoy the challenge. You know, it's like fly fishing. Right. It's not the most effective way to to do a thing. But he worked really hard at it at work. And my my can opener is my fly fishing every day. That's I just cramp that thing on the can. I just turn it and turn it. It slips. It comes undone. Eventually, I get a hammer and a screwdriver and I bend the top of the can back and I win.
4: You so do win. There's a yeah. there's an art to it. Yeah. It's yeah. Art. It's very nice. If so smashing
1: stuff is art. I am an artist. <laughs> um,
4: I I wanted to wrap this story up with okay. a li- a little bit of freshness that I bring to the story. So Forbes <laughs> did not do okay. So yeah. this is this is something I'm bringing to you for your feedback. Bonus. Yeah. So it's it's like a business thing, you know, where you're spitballing, getting brainstorming ideas, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Got it. Got it. I'm going to be pitching new names to you okay wait (laughs) all right so maybe this could be a next fish nerds based business
1: i love it because we so far the fishers business as a business
4: sucks (laughs) uh (laughs) yeah
1: so let's hear it
4: let's hear it all right you could be the next two no i can't wait (laughs) so here's the first first one you ready yep fish in wood chips oh what do you think about fish and wood chips
1: uh, well, it's fun to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to. So that's a pa- the packaging. I'm trying to visualize <laughs> this fish yeah. and wood chips. Fish so, and wood
4: chips. Yes.
1: So, oh, you put it right in your smoker.
4: Sure, or you know, you could get a a cord of fish. <laughs> right. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, so work work on that. So you so you given uh, that, that, that what add, some, add a, yeah. Out of one out of 10, what would you me? I'm about
1: a three and a half.
4: Ah, oh, really? All right. Four, maybe.
1: Yeah.
4: We're in trouble. That's the best one. Um, <laughs> next is, so what I did was, is I went to Food Network website uh-huh. and there was a post that said, our most popular fish recipes.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And what I did was, is I looked at those names and then used that as a creative prompt as you were. So, awesome. so, so these names are based on the most creative or the most uh, famous fish recipes. Okay. All right. So that's why fish fish wooden chips makes sense. <laughs> it
1: make sense. It makes sense, all right. <laughs> okay, all right.
4: Next next recipe is salmon planked cedar. And oh yes. Exactly. So instead of a cedar plank salmon, mm-hmm. you put the fish on the plank, cook it, throw the fish away, eat the plank.
1: Delicious. And then you have totally vegan, but it has all the nice fish flavors <laughs> on it.
4: Right. It has all the things of fish that <laughs> right make... has
1: everything that makes a fish good, except for the the mouth
4: feel. Right,
1: and if you if you're a vegan, likely you don't have much mouthfeel.
4: Mouthfeel feel anyway, and no. a, a slab of cedar is fine. So, yeah. all right, wh- wh- what do you... your
1: choice is that or soy? So <laughs> you get either got mouthful of mush or mouthful of wood. Either way, is a win.
4: All right, so what do you what do you think, executive fish nerds? Salmon yeah. planked cedar.
1: I'm I'm on a six on that one. I like oh that a six. One. That All right, way better than the first one. Yeah.
4: You know? All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, next recipe that I thought would be a good vegan uh, approach was l- uh, lemon parmesan tilapia, and I figured you know what that's disgusting enough. You <laughs> know, as is. As is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might as
1: well <laughs> change nothing. <laughs> well that that one's appealing to both those people who want to be. Um, who want to avoid eating animal-based proteins or plant-based proteins. <laughs> right. uh, that will not, no, you, that's great for those of us who are um, working really hard on our diets.
4: <laughs> right. just you yeah. know, It's like that. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, I, I'm glad you appreciate that.
1: Or those from Florida. Anyone in Florida will like that. Yeah,
4: there you go. What's mm-hmm. your score?
1: Uh, that one, I'm at a good seven.
4: Really? Wow. Yeah, okay. You're
1: improving. You're getting better. Maybe I'm understanding the game more too.
4: Oh, maybe. Yeah. This, this is not. Wait. This is not a game. Everything's a game, Dave. No, it's not a game. Not this, is <laughs> this is business. This is this is on Forbes, man. Nothing's oh, a th- game.
1: Then it's a five.
4: Oh shit. All right. Anyway. <laughs> um. Next one. Clod fritters. <laughs> huh? Huh? I,
1: I like it. What's a clod?
4: You know, cod. Oh. So it's cod fritters. There's a mm-hmm. recipe for cod fritters, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, all right, clod fritter, fritters. You know, it's a, of the earth. It's very, oh, very crunchy. You look yeah, and, yeah, yeah it's, ever, just, like, it's just dirt.
1: Yeah, do you ever get sand in your mouth at the beach and like for hours? You're like crunching, trying to like. I imagine that's like a really delicious fried fritter with that long-term crunch in the middle.
4: Clod fritter.
1: I'm in. I'm in about eight on that one. Ah,
4: oh, all right. Yeah, good, 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 good. We only have two more, so that's good. that may be it. Well,
1: the question with the clod fritters, is there any special sauce for dipping
4: it? Uh, you know, it's funny you mention that <laughs> <laughs> because the actual recipe was cod fritters and dog sauce.
1: Oh, God.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was going to be over the top.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that that's like... too much. That's too much. Because
4: <laughs> then, then I would have to come up with a plant-based dog. Which I suppose would be log. So it'd be you can't, no, never mind. <laughs> we know where
1: this is going, Dave. We can right, just stop right. now. That's stop, fine. stop, yep. stop.
4: I gotta move on. All right. All please. right. So this one is um, so it's salmon tartare, right? Mm-hmm. But I was trying to do the Tuno vibe. Right. So instead of Sam on, it's Sam off. <laughs> <laughs> Sam off tartare.
1: Sam off tartare. I'm trying yeah. to visualize, like how that would might might
4: look in a bowl. <laughs> it would you look know, like a bowl of soybeans. Mm, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, that yeah.
1: sounds sounds awful, Dave. Um, all right, that was my least favorite.
4: All right, all right. I yeah. got one last one. That's that's the famous. Um, it's based on a famous trout, right? Okay. So trout, mm-hmm. and but it's sprout almondine. Ooh, um, uh, uh, yeah, sprout so, almondine.
1: Yeah, that one sounds good.
4: Mm-hmm. I would
1: totally eat that.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it totally does. It totally works, right? Because the, the vegans have been liking that alfalfa sprouts for a while.
1: Yeah, and they're not that good. No, 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 no. I mean, have you ever had a great vegan meal? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I suppose at some point I must have. You must I mean I've had great vegan food, right? Mm-hmm. Where you go out and like you know, fresh tomato out of the garden, that's a delicious vegan meal right there, all by itself. Mm-hmm. Fresh potato. I guess once I put butter on it, I ruin it. Um But <laughs> <laughs> but I've never like I've I've had people cook me vegan food and been, Hey, that's good. But I've never eaten and gone, Hey, I'm gonna eat that every day. Right. You know, like you give me a cheeseburger. I can eat that every day. Like it has, it checks all the boxes for taste, flavor, mouthfeel, all those things. Yeah, but vegan?
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't but know. I'm, you know,
4: you you said is, what well, have I ever had a good vegan meal?
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Now, back in the college days, when I hung out with the patchouli kind of people, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, all those folks, the
1: Fiona apples of the world,
4: exactly. Mm-hmm. There was a comp- couple of women that. That I shared vegan food with, that was totally one of the best dinners of my life. So,
1: really, was it because the? Be, is it because of their
4: company? Yes. <laughs> so. Some
1: of the magic later on after a vegan glass of wine.
4: Exactly. I mean, it, it could have been clod fritters, and I would have it, still thought it didn't it matter. Was, yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Some. Some of the best. not the best. Some of the most interesting women I've ever dated in co- in high school or college. I can't recall the food I ate. So
4: I <laughs> there you clear. go. That was a f- great I, dinner.
1: I did date a woman once who uh, was a vegan, and we had tofu uh, <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Where she took a turkey and she molded it on turkey. Took a, uh, the 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 uh, tofu and molded it into the shape of a turkey, and roasted it and basted it. Worked really really hard on it, and was so proud of it. And it tasted like a dirty sponge. <laughs>
2: So, um, you
4: know, there's that. <laughs> in, any food you have to mold is 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 a red flag. Yeah, this means something. <laughs> yes, this is not natural. Not
1: so. okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I'm in on that fish. What's it called again? The sprout almondine. No, no. The actual item that Forbes is talking about. The. Uh,
4: um... Oh, so it's just plant based fish, but there is the Atlantic Natural Foods Tuna.
1: Tuna. I am. Totally in on Tuno. I think that once these hit the market, it will change the world. Uh, have, you, um, have you had... You must have had an Impossible Burger already, right?
4: You know, I haven't had an Impossible Burger.
1: So I went through the drive-thru of Burger King, and I mm-hmm. got an Impossible Burger. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like I gave it a fair taste. Because mm. I peeled back the bun and the cheese and all the toppings, and I took a bite of the meat by itself. Oh. And Now, I used to work in a jail teaching, you know, resume writing skills and <laughs> interview skills and how to, like, make eye contact and shake hands and explain why, why you should have a job even though that you stole from everybody you've ever met your whole life. Right. And, <laughs> and I got to eat with these guys. <laughs> and <laughs> the Impossible Whopper meat all by itself was an approximation of the meat that they served in jail.
4: Oh. So
1: it was close. Go. Now I would love to do a fair taste because I've never gotten a Whopper with cheese and peeled back <laughs> all the stuff and tasted the meat by itself. Anyway, right. so I don't think I gave it a fair ch- taste. So if we get the if this comes to the market and the tuno is a real thing someday, mm-hmm. I need to do a double blind taste.
4: Mm, you're gonna poke your eyes out?
1: Yeah, or you can I'll poke <laughs> yours out and because I I need because I'm so pretty I need mine. Um, <laughs> But I want to do a taste where I don't know what I'm eating to see if I can, if I like it. Yeah. I Because think... I'm going to prejudge, Dave.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I do. <laughs> I, I'm very quick on the judgments. <laughs> All right. That's my Fish in the News. That is really good news. Now, I, I've been doing a little work here and uh, with the Fish Nerds, and on our Facebook group, we got asked by a listener who I don't recall his name because I wasn't paying attention. I do that mm. sometimes, mm-hmm. but the question was the classic fish question: Do fish drink? Oh, right, that's a good do one. Do they yeah. drink? You know, and, and probably is the answer. That's my <laughs> my answer. So I went to theguardian.com,
0: mm.
1: uh, which is a reputable news source, and Absolutely. they had, did not have any articles about this, but they had uh, someone had asked the question and. and Users of the Guardian, readers, I guess they call them. Uh,
4: (laughs) Yes, they they would call them that. (laughs) Is that what
1: you call users of magazines? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on the magazine, I suppose. Uh, The readers (laughs) of the Guardian chimed in with their answers, and I thought I might run down some answers written by Guardian readers.
4: Very nice. Rather than
1: tell you the science and talk about osmosis and reverse osmosis and all that boring stuff, because, you know, the hell do I know? Let's talk about what people think.
4: (laughs) I like this. Okay. I I like where this is going.
1: All right. So, Ian Davis from the UK dodged the question with, no living thing can exist without water. Define drinking.
4: I hate that guy. Yeah, he's a jerk. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Carla from the UK says, uh, uh, fish fornicate in water. (laughs) So okay. this is these are really fun. Th- I haven't I haven't pre read these, Dave, so
4: Well, and could I ask you to, yeah. to simulate the accent of the of the origin of the person? So that one being from the UK, you would have to then with a cockney accent, I would oh, assume. Yeah.
1: Fish phone a cake in the water.
4: Oh jeez. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not.
1: Maybe not. i you know, I am so close to being a racist, I gotta be really careful <laughs> with any accent I do. I'm so afraid right now. <laughs> Of making yeah. any jokes of any kind to any kind of people because yeah. uh it's too easy to get in trouble.
4: I hear you. Never mind. I take yeah, that Yeah, we by. are
1: in we are in dark times, Dave, where I can't make jokes and get away with it anymore. Yep. Uh all right. So here's someone from Montreal, Canada, who's probably smarter than the rest of them because mm-hmm. he wrote a whole paragraph. Mm-hmm. So he says only saltwater fish drink. That makes hmm. no sense to me at all. Uh, in fresh water, the inside of the fish is saltier than the surrounding environment. Water moves into the fish by osmosis, passively through the gills and the skin and the stomach. And fish have to eliminate all this excess water by peeing, uh, dilute urine, lots of it. In salt water, the environment is saltier. The fish loses water passively, so it has to drink, and it eliminates excessive salt using specialized cells. The excess salt is excreted primarily. In high concentrated urine, you know that sounds right.
4: It yeah, <laughs> I've, I've it does sound right. And I remember in a ichthyology course long ago, it that is the process. And I and I guess I would get to like you know what is drinking? What's the definition of drinking?
1: Right, because cause osmosis.
4: I mean, yes, you know. I guess technically, but you know, it's it, are they are they going glug 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 glug? glug,
1: glug. Yeah, like. We get like a cup of water and sit right. down. Right. Well, uh, well, this gets more interesting because Neil, Neil Parks from Wales, England says we once owned a goldfish that had a urine infection. We knew it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's like talking to first graders. <laughs> this this one girl in school, she was she was walking, uh, and then and then she smoked a cigarette. Um. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yep. So a goldfish uh, with a, a URI. Yeah. URI, URI, by the way, there's, or no, UTI, sorry. there's
1: no story or context after that. It was just like, oh, I had a fish once. You know? <laughs> so.
4: Well, you know, if you fill their bowl with cranberry juice, that'll take care of that. That's, per- <laughs> That's a
1: great <laughs> idea. <laughs> Let's see what else we got. Uh, <laughs> so all right, people are very funny. <laughs> Uh, on a side note, this is from Paul Green from Illinois, so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> on a side note, whales do not drink salt water. If they did, they would die of thirst like any other mammal and they get the water they need from the food they eat. So, Oh, boy. Is that true?
4: How could that possibly be true?
1: I don't. They must have a way of filtering. Yeah.
4: Because yeah. the things are going to be as salty as the water around them, I would think.
1: Yeah. But of course, crisp Bly from Cambridge, England Very quickly poured it out Whales are not a fish
4: Well, yeah, so, thanks just in,
1: just in case
4: Thanks, Paul
1: Yeah, Paul <laughs> uh, Mary Fallon from Chippenham, the UK Says if it can be proved they do drink water They should be charged water rates so.
4: <laughs> I think she's my neighbor <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I hope that answers the question Do fish drink water? It certainly helped me.
4: (laughs) There you go. So crowdsourcing answers. I like it. Yeah.
1: Now, I wonder, like, how could you test a fish drinking water? Like, Like, could you bring in, like, a tiny water bottle with colored water in it into the fish tank? And, like, that's a different density than the water around it. And, like, bring it down and pull the cork out and, like, stick it in the mouth of the fish and see if it goes in. And if it comes out the mouth hole, he spit it out. He didn't drink it. But if it comes out the pee hole, <laughs> he drank it. So that's science.
4: Science, right there. Yeah, and, Doc uh, Martin,
1: get on it. <laughs>
4: pee hole monitoring.
1: Pee hole. That's a science. That's a science word. Also, <laughs> not to be confused with poop hole.
4: Right. Oh God, no.
1: Although on a fish, I think it might be the same thing. <laughs> I'm not sure. So anyway. Uh, do fish drink? Did did you did you understand the answer there? Do you, are you satisfied with that, Dave?
4: I am more than satisfied with that. Yeah.
1: I think the rest of our life we should crowdsource everything.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this? Well, let me hold on for a second. Let me yeah. pull up the feed.
1: Yeah, let me just find out what everyone else thinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine if we if we did that for everything. Like I've been I've been on Facebook far too much lately, mm. and I've learned so much about about how viruses are transmitted from some guy who didn't graduate high school. um, Oh, yeah. Who's an expert. So, why not? If he can know the expert on epidemiology, why can't we crowdsource its theology?
4: Yeah, exactly. And really, science is nothing more than an opinion. Yeah, it's just magic. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's Fish in the News. That
1: is Fish in the News. Thank you, Dave. Yes.
4: News, news,
1: and i couldn't be happier to have dave kellum as back on the show i'm going to try and get him a few times a month uh because he just makes me so happy and he and i when we first started this podcast together one of the thing, reasons we it works so well is because of the chemistry that dave and i have like we can we really just feed off each other it's just a lot of fun so Every other Thursday, we do the Fish Nerds Happy Hour. The the only way you're ever going to know about this is if you're following us along in the Fish Nerds podcast group. So get on over there. When it happens, you'll get alerts, and you can join the fun. Uh, Tim Beat took a sample of a two-hour happy hour, boiled it down to this little segment so you get an idea of the kind of things that we do at the Fish Nerds Happy Hour.
2: The Fish Nerds Bar and Grill is packed tonight, and the nerds are talking about using live bait, among other topics. Let's go inside and eavesdrop on some of the conversations.
1: Hang out right. right. yeah. with me while I work. We got happy hour starting in nine minutes.
0: That's Mark, good. how are you?
4: Good. Play Tim, my best friend. Hey, Mark.
1: New best quarantine friends. Cheers. right? <laughs> What do you got?
4: A bottle of white wine there? Yeah, I got it from, uh, picked it up from Aldi. It's got a bike on it, so uh, I thought it might be good.
1: That's how you can tell.
4: Right. Right. I'm,
1: I, I caught, I, I was using a seven inch swim bait today and I caught a three and a half, three pound smallmouth. They'll, they'll, they'll hit it. Trust me.
5: They're great bait. Oh my God. You know, we just take the little cricket frog. Put it on jig head. Fish your ultralight. You never knew what the what it was gonna be. Catfish, bass, big old perch, bluegill, whatever. Their food. They're food. They yeah, they're food.
1: I talked. I made them talk about uh, uh, white white sucker sex for three minutes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so like, and were they expecting that? that? No. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Like, for I don't use a ton of live bait, I'll buy live bait, like, I'll buy a or catch or buy a big sucker eight or what 12, 14 inch suckers. How big are those things? They're
1: probably yeah, yeah, about 14,
5: yeah, and kill it and cut it up into little strips and turn it into lake trout. What about mice? I hate mice. Yeah, I do, I'd use a mouse, I'd use a mouse. I'd, I'd use a mouse in a heartbeat. There's so yeah, many, mice, so a problem. So it's not warm-blooded, cold-blooded. It's not. Some people think mice are terribly cute till they've ruined a whole bunch of their clothes or something. But no, till they that breaking adorable. point, uh, yeah, with their head in a trap, um, really, they're nuisance. another. You know, you can't. These lines can only be subjectively drawn in, in my subjective opinion.
4: Huh. Well, I feel like this like the scent can't be replicated. So I'm, yeah, a huge, a I'm a real
0: huge accident. fan of
4: cast netting for gizzard shad and fishing
3: catfish for him
1: I can see that. Yeah, yeah
3: scent does go a long way. No, but <laughs> I do have a video where I am fly fishing for bluegills, and I get a nice bluegill on, and a bass grabs the whole bluegill, and I manage to catch the bass with the bluegill in its mouth the barbs on a bluegill hooked the bass for me. And I was able to get in and I got the bluegill out, it swung away and then I took pictures of the bass and that am away too. How
2: long was away. the bluegill in therapy for after that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he's still in therapy.
1: <laughs> Hi, Vinny. How
5: are you doing tonight?
1: Good. Uh, Zoe, Zoe. We so can see your mustache, Vinny, and she thinks you look very handsome.
5: What about the mullet? Oh, there's Sammy. <laughs> oh, you got a mullet too? I got a mullet too. Oh, it's it's <laughs> very Gallaghery. It's not yeah. attached to the hat.
4: Oh, I like it.
5: <laughs> I, I gotta meet your mom one of these days, Vinny. <laughs> Vinny left. You guys are getting along very well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Travis, are you working at all right now or are you just growing beards and drinking?
5: Fishing every day.
1: Yeah. We put our boat in the water today. I put a new prop on it. We, we, we backed down the ramp my daughter's with, with me and uh, we turned the boat on, started our app. I was very happy about it. <coughs> put it in reverse and, and nothing happened. Just noise. <laughs> and we yeah. uh, over and over again. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then we, we went back and looked at it. The prop fell off the boat. So you didn't put the nut and put it back on right then, right? The nut is still on the. All the parts are there except for the prop. I don't know that's, what I did wrong. So we we yeah, had oh to. I sent my daughters first to go swim. Now we have a twenty-four foot boat plus the length of the car. So now we're looking about thirty feet out from shores where this thing is at the bottom. And it's probably about you know ten eleven feet deep there, and they couldn't um, they couldn't get down. I kept yelling at them to go get it. They would they wouldn't do it. So I had fully dressed you know, because I'm a never nude. I'm not taking my shirt off in front of people. <laughs> I I went in and I, I got it out and it's okay now. Well, I couldn't see it at first, but I had an idea where it was. And once I dove underwater with my eyes open, I saw it immediately and decided I'm not coming up without it. But it How was probably <laughs> maybe 10 feet. No. That's um, like a long dive down. It's a long dive down, but I, I wasn't going to leave it there. Yeah. That's a hundred bucks, Finny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, in the summertime, in the summertime, unless I'm fishing for trout, like rarely, yeah, I'm, I'm
4: using this artificials the whole the whole summer. But the only thing I use uh, bait for is catfish, really. Um, sometimes carp, but mostly catfish. And like like Mark said, you can't beat gizzard shad. Although I don't. Fish them whole alive. They typically gizzard shad die the second you look at them, <laughs> yeah. then you end up yep. cutting them up. And yeah, you cut them up and and
2: you know fish them as chunk bait, or if they're smaller, you can just use them individually. But they don't they don't last very long.
3: Yeah. Uh, has anybody else like read the Jaws book? There's a book. In it to lure the shark closer to the boat. Uh, Captain Shaw, I believe, was his name, right? Yeah. Uh, used a preserved unborn dolphin. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Like like a jar
3: that's, of a dolphin awesome. Like he had a barrel on his ship that he just kept there with brine water, and he had killed a dolphin that happened to be pregnant at the time. Yeah, well, to so he be honest...
1: Dave, I mean, most most boat owners, you you you, maybe you don't own a big boat. Those of us with boats that are big enough, we often carry a brine barrel with uh, dolphin fetuses in them. I mean, that's kind of a standard practice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then, okay, so then he catches a dolphin. How did he catch the dolphin?
3: Well, he's not a very uh, ethical, (laughs) law-abiding, yeah, law-abiding or ethical guy.
0: Did he plan on eating the dolphin? What was the dolphin? Was a dolphin? He was buying
3: or he was selling the dolphin as meat.
0: Anyway, no. What I was getting at was, if you've eaten, if you've eaten sushi, right? You've eaten big game. If you've eaten sushi, unless I mean, unless you just have avoided tuna, because essentially Mm. that is what most tuna in sushi is—is from these giant fish that are caught. You know, commercially or recreationally, even. So, like in Hawaii, they, as a captain of the boat, you keep your catch. Whatever the boat catches, you keep it. Um, there is, and they and they sell it for you know five dollars a pound or whatever it is on the open market. You don't get to keep your fish when you when you go out on a charter boat. What a
5: ripoff! Yeah, but yeah. in our own heads, each of us have our own different opinions on things, and we do things. That we think are the rightest that we can do, right?
0: Like I like I question even I question even the idea of using salamanders as bait because even if like in a certain area they're considered really populous and there's a ton of them, I I personally like I mean, I'm, I'm not in your shoes I'm not living there, um, but I'm thinking about like even here if I heard that this was a really popular bait I would probably question the science behind whether that truly was. Something that was, that was you
5: know, populous enough to call. We're done yep. talking about bait. We're talking about jaws. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. All right. Thanks. All right, guys. All right. All right.
1: Peace and out. And that's the show. So that's it. That's it. You spent far too much time talking to us or listening to Fish Nerds when you should have been fishing. Special thanks to Tim Beat, to uh john king the crappie hippie to rap rapala dave kellum thanks to diana's bath salts for the theme music for the uh fishing the news and big fat thanks to wally pleasant for our regular theme music so until next time follow the code of the fish nerds: spawn early and often never trust a free lunch with strings attached and swim against the current every whether you're fly you're.
0: fishing in a stream getting those ankles wet or deep in the ocean casting nets fish nerds fish nerds fish nerds it's a podcast just for the halibut fried in a basket or broiled in a pan eat it raw like you're in siam fish nerds fish nerds fish nerds it's a podcast